0: And what good will your vanity be when the rapture comes, says the man with the cart of empty bottles at the corner of Trin Lincoln, while I stare into my phone and say, I know, oh, I know, while trying to find the specific filter that will make the sun's near flawless descent look the way I might describe it in a poem. And the man says, the moment is already right in front of you. And I say, I know, but everyone I love is not here. And I mean here, like on the street corner with me, while I turn the sky, a darker sheet of red on my phone. And I mean here, like everyone I love who I can still touch and not pass my fingers through like the wind in a dream. But I look at the, up at the man and he is a kaleidoscope of shadows. I mean, his shadows have shadows and they are small and trailing behind him. And I know then that everyone he loves is also not here. And the man doesn't ask, but I still say, hey, man, I've got nothing. I've got nothing, even though I have plenty to go home to, and the sun is still hot, even in its endless flirt with submission, and the man's palm has a small river inside. I mean, he has taken my hand now, and here we are, tethered and unmoving. And the man says, what color are you making the sky? And I say, what I might say in a poem, I say, all surrender in blood. And he says, what color are you making the sky? And I say, something bright enough to make people wish they were here. And he squints towards the dancing shrapnel of dying light along a rooftop. And he says, I love those things only as they are. And I'm sure I did once too, but I can't prove it to anyone these days. And he says, the end isn't always about what dies. And I know, I know, or I knew once, and now I write about beautiful things. Like I will never touch a beautiful thing again. And the man looks me in the eyes and he points to the blue orange vault over heaven's gates. And he says, "The the face of everyone you miss is up there. And I know, I know, I know, I can't see them, but I know. And he turns my face to the horizon and he says, we don't have much time left. And I get that he means the time before the sun is finally through with its daily work, or I think I get that, but I still can't stop trembling. And I close my eyes and I'm sobbing on the corner of church and Lincoln. And when I open my eyes, the sun is plucking everyone who has chosen to love me from the clouds and carrying them into the light drunk horizon. And I'm seeing this, and I know I'm seeing this, the boy who kissed me as a girl in the dairy aisle in the miser store while our parents shopped, and the older boy on the basketball team who taught me how to make a good fist and swing into the jaw of the bully, and the friends who crawled to my porch in the summer of any year, I have been alive. They were all there. I saw their faces, and it was like I was given the eyes of a newborn again. And once you know what it is to be lonely, it is hard to unsee, which serves as a reminder that you are not always empty. And I'm gasping into the now dark air, and I pull my shirt up to wipe wipe whatever tears are left, and I see the man walking in the other direction, and I chase him down and tap his arm, and I say, did you see it? Did you see it like I did? And he turns and leans into the glow of a street lamp, and he is anchored by a single shadow now, and he sneers and says, have we met? And he scoffs and pushes his card into the night, and I can hear the glass rattling as I watch him become small and vanish, and I look down at my phone, and the sky is still blood red. That is a poem by Hanif Willis Abdu-Rakib that I could not even really attempt to read or record in the way that he does it. So I'm definitely going to share it with the post for this episode later. Um, But I wanted to start this next episode of the Stories Podcast with that poem because it's long um, and I get that, but it is so unbelievably accurate, I think, to not just my stage of life, but I think a lot of our stages of life right now in the sense of, and I'm still working to understand this poem too, so I hope that you'll you'll do that with me, but in the sense of being where my feet are or the lack of that, right, the struggle to be where I am at the time, um, and that's something that I've been working on and I guess leads well into the beginning of this next episode, so I just wanted to start with that Um, I'm so excited to be back with you all. I know it has been a minute, but that is not something that I regret. I think I said this last time that I'm really focusing on quality over quantity. And instead of just pushing episodes out as fast as I can and as quickly as I can, really waiting until I feel like there is something to say, obviously, I wish that I felt like there was something to say every single day of the week and that I could do this all the time. Um, but I also think there's a lot of beauty in waiting and beauty and patience, which I know I've talked a lot about. Um, and, you know, I guess now is as good of a time as any to let myself breathe again. And when I say that, I just mean when I take time away from writing and creating, I'm not necessarily relaxing. I'm honestly holding my breath, working to make it from one thing to the next. Most of the time with a smile on my face and excitement for a busy schedule, but always wondering when will I write and create again? When will I breathe again? Writing and creating is awesome and it makes me feel incredible, but it is not consistent. And I think that's just kind of the, the ploy of any, any sort of creator or artist or whatever it might come to be. I think it's the struggle of waiting on inspiration versus wondering if you're the one that needs to inspire yourself, you know, right? Like wondering if you're supposed to rely on other people to do that for you. Um, and I think that plays into every aspect of life, whether it's work or play or whatever it might be. Um, but that's just how I felt recently. And as I move forward in the creation process, I've just been assessing what is impactful for me that can be tangible to you. So not necessarily tagging on a trends, but understanding the common highs and lows we share and then putting my little twist on them. Right. Am I always correct? Definitely not. But we don't have coffee nights or wine night conversations to be fact-checked. We have them to be free. So that is what I'm doing with this little episode right here. I'm just recording to touch base. I'm recording to speak to you um, and to chat about an idea I have for the next episode that I'll be posting about on the Instagram in a bit. But just what I've been thinking through right now and going through and realizing that, honestly, so many other people are too, is that when summer comes around and, or more like when summer is on the cusp and you're right in the middle of spring, I always start thinking, OK, what's next? Like, I think this past spring was different because we were right in the middle of the pandemic. We still are. But, you know, this was before vaccinations were going on. This was really in max lockdown. And so I spent a lot of spring and maybe outside on my crazy lady walks, but honestly, mainly inside, not really watching the world change, just kind of getting through day by day. But this spring has been very different. It's been, you know, so much, so much different in the sense that people are out and about again, people are getting vaccinated, it's wonderful. And as the season is changing, I'm feeling that natural change that comes this time of the year and just thinking about what's next. And I truly think this is kind of like hammered into us by the 16 plus years of school we undergo, but spring just brings change where summer brings action. And I have no idea whether that's accurate or not anymore. Because, you know, in the past, you know, spring comes around then summer hits and you're on to the next thing or you're doing this next activity, you're headed to this next adventure. And when you don't have that planned, or maybe don't even need that, I think is, is the bigger point, it kind of feels like you're stuck in a rut. Um, or maybe you're not, but how can you tell <laughs> one from the other and that's what I've been trying to discern for myself and, and I know a lot of people I know are doing the same. And, you know, people change during many other parts of the year, of course, but this particular time is stirring for me. There are a lot of worries in my mind, wondering if I'll continue to search for what is next, so much so that I forget where my feet are. I forget where I'm sitting. I forget who I'm talking to because I'm so busy thinking about what might be next. But luckily there are a lot of wonderful people in my life that I love, you know, to keep me from floating too far away. But they would never discourage me if I took steps to change or steps of change that might be calling. And so just when thinking about where your feet are, and as I've been thinking about this this week, I wanted to suggest that poem that I just read because it's really stood out to me recently. So once again, it's called And What Good Will Your Vanity Be When the Rapture Comes by Hanif Abdurraqib. And honestly, I am still working to understand it, like I said, but From what I can tell, it really ties in well with this mindset and this stage of life of, you know, just assessing the mindset we are in when focusing on everyone but who is in front of us or everything but what's in front of us, right? So experiencing beautiful moments. And the first thing you think of is, oh, well, I wish I could share it with this person instead of turning to your left or turning to your right and recognizing who you're sharing it with or looking at yourself and recognizing that you're the one in it at the time, And like I said, I'll share it on Instagram in case you guys like to listen to it, because I think everyone pulls something different from this poem. Everyone that I've talked to about so far has pulled something different from it. But I am in this really interesting stage, like I said, of change and also of a little bit of grief and really just working through heavy emotions from what is going on, you know, kind of, I hate to say it, but per usual, right, in the news and in our, our social structure and in these experiences. Um, But I found Hanif. So that is the man that wrote the poem from a Brene Brown podcast called Unlocking Us. It is like by my core crazy lady walk cue, like the first podcast I'm checking out. Well, usually it's Armchair Expert. And then I go to Unlocking Us by Brene Brown to see if she's got anything for me. And every time I finish one of these episodes, I think to myself, because let me tell you all, they're long, like they are like, they take me days to finish. And so every time I finish an episode, I'm like, okay, that's enough learning about vulnerability and emotions and getting to the other side of the tunnel. Like I am done. There's no more tunnels. Like I'm good. But then an episode comes out with an artist or a writer or a philosopher or a speaker. And I'm like, okay, let me give it a shot. And before I know it, I'm halfway through the week playing a bit of the episode every day, literally as if I'm working through therapy. Like y'all, I could not recommend this podcast higher. I couldn't recommend this this author that she's interviewing higher, Hanif. But it's so bizarre because I think I still, I mean, as much as I talk, as much as I do this podcast, it's still vulnerability, um, understanding of self, understanding of emotions is something that I still don't quite get about myself. I think I'm really good helping other people like I can spot something in somebody else in a heartbeat I'll be like oh well you probably did this because you've got something from this um, but when it comes to myself I really I have a lack of understanding um, an area that this always stands out to me in and something I still haven't figured out that it's honestly it's gonna be funny if any of my friends are listening to this because they'll all know it but um, I get I get get my friends get on to me a lot about this fake laugh that they say I do when I tell y'all I couldn't imitate it right now I swear to you I couldn't I have no Idea, what prompts the laugh when it comes out in my head, I truly think I am giving it my all. Like I really, (laughs) I don't even realize I'm fake laughing. And so every time I do it, my closest friends look at me and they're just like, what they're like, what's wrong? And they're like, you didn't even really have to fight that hard for it. Uh, (laughs) It's funny, it's funny, but really every time that that happens, I think to myself, I don't even know what I was laughing or fake laughing at, I guess. About because I typically it's the issue is not that whatever someone said isn't funny or it's not that I'm not interested in in with the conversation it's that I'm not there and so that is it's a really small example um, and and honestly just really hilarious but the deeper element of that that I'm always trying to figure out and that I always kind of go back to when I'm trying to understand these pieces of myself my vulnerability my understanding my presence is that there is a there are moments that happen. A handful of times where I am acting in a way that only other people can witness, and I wouldn't know myself if I wasn't called out upon it. So, in other words, I really like the Unlocking Us podcast by Renee Brown because I'm trying to learn more about myself by listening to people who. I might not be one day, but I would dream of being, in a sense, right? So it's it's these smaller kind of goals, these smaller idols that you have within your life where it might not be, you know, the most famous person in the world, the biggest person in the world, but it's someone who's found a way to make their craft into something tangible and helpful for other people. Um, so that's why I like the podcast. And that's what I'm working through and understanding with myself for it. Um, but either way, in Hanif's episode, he speaks about the importance of grief. And not necessarily staying in a state of it, but more so acknowledging its presence and seeing your way through it. And I think I have been in a subconscious stage of grief in the past couple of weeks. You know, not necessarily because of one thing, um, and even not anything that's really directly in my life, which is why it felt so odd to address, and it still feels so odd to to speak out loud and to really speak words into it, making it real. You know, I grieve because Dante Wright was killed due to police error. I grieve because George Floyd was killed by a policeman and the trial is going on right now. And it really just opens up wounds. And I, I feel the wounds in his family. I feel the wounds when I listen to bystanders talk on the trial. Um, And I feel the wounds of black Americans as one myself, I feel it and I am it, you know, and I, I grieve because there's just all of this, this anger and this hurt and this trauma going on in the world for Asian Americans, black Americans. I mean, it's, it's truly unending. And it's so interesting, though, because I've witnessed myself. So this a couple of weeks ago, I was just going through the usual thing of, of working and, and studying and hanging out and, and doing you know the plethora of things. And one day I found myself, I think it was like two or three in the middle of the day. And I was just completely. I I mean, I couldn't do a thing. I was completely immovable. Everything was everything seemed like it, it wasn't really a state of rest. It's not that I just wanted to go to sleep or I wanted to take a nap or I was bored. I was almost just so amped up that I couldn't get anything done. Um, and I think that it was just a lot of this grief and a lot of these feelings that I had been kind of pushing aside to get from the day to day kind of crashing at one point in the sense where I couldn't focus on anything and I couldn't do anything. Um, and you know, none of the the different elements that I just said, you know, the different, you know, things that are happening right now are more charging to me right now than the other. It's all really pressing. Um, But I think it's the fact that they're all happening within this ether and within the world is just really impactful. And I think that, you know, kind of uh, something I've been trying to do is is dip and dodge when it comes to the news and when it comes to what's coming out about these different um, situations, just honestly, for my own sake, right? We're reading a lot about about rest, about black rest, about really disengaging and doing what you need to do for yourself. And so that's what I've been really working on. But I think almost the lack of knowledge has led me to feeling anxious and has led me to feeling like I need more information. I need to really delve in. Um, But a huge fear that if I go too deep, it's just gonna be too sad, you know, for lack of a better word. So it was really helpful to listen to that podcast by him, to listen to that episode, to learn about grief to learn about grieving. It's something that, you know, is so, it it truly, and this is going to sound so odd, but it truly can be so beautiful to learn those different elements of yourself, to learn how do you react to things, to learn about your fake laugh, right? To learn all these different layers that come with being yourself and with thinking through things and with going through things um, to better prepare for whatever's to come next. So that is what I've been doing. That's what I you know, kind of continue to think through this podcast and like, how can it be, how can an episode translate from my experiences, my guest experiences, whatever we're talking about to you, right? Like directly to your life, because that's what happened to me with that episode that I listened to. I heard this man talking about his experiences, experiences which, you know, aside from him being black, most of his experiences are completely different from mine because he's like 38 in a poem and a poet, you know what I mean? His, his life is different. But um, it really impacted my life and helped me in a moment of feeling, you know, just completely inadequate and frozen and unable to do anything out of anxiety. Um, And instead of just like pushing that down or or letting it out in a way that's unhealthy, I just really internalized and focused um, and thought through what I was feeling and let myself be inefficient. I let myself, you know, not send an email when I really felt like I needed to. um, And I let myself experience that. And, you know, truly it's, it, and I, I was realizing too, as it was happening, I, I was realizing with myself, it wasn't necessarily a cry for help. It was honestly me just understanding what it is to feel grief and what it is to feel sadness and to let it r- really run its course in a way that, you know, if I have to disconnect, that's what I have to do. Um, and I think we're all doing this in our own ways and have been trained to do so. Um, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think we're built to be strong and to power through. But you have to think about, okay, but what happens when you hit a wall where nothing has been addressed and less has been fixed? Um, you know, to work through this for myself, I've recognized some things about my life that are just going to have to be different um, in ways that don't seem typical and don't seem normal. And and honestly, even um, the last sermon that I was listening to with my church, uh, my pastor was talking about, you know, in, in living in this way of, of truth for what, what that means to some people. It it's not the normal thing, right? It's not the average. You are going to be abnormal. It is going to be different and it's not natural. It's the supernatural, right? And so that's something that I've just had to realize. And that's not saying like some people are supernatural and some people aren't. This is not to be crazy, but it's just saying that your own specific life can't fall into a natural step with somebody else's. Um, And sometimes that's okay. And that's really cool. And it's kind of quirky and fun. Um, And sometimes it's, it's, it's lonely, right? And sometimes you really have to Find that confidence in yourself, find people that love you and understand you um, so that you can do what you need to do for your own health and and for your own wellness. Um, And, you know, I've just realized I love a good moment alone. Sometimes I need a really good walk and I actually don't always have something to say, which is rare, but it does happen. Um, And, you know, I've just learned there are times when I can be fully engaged and times where I need to control and I need to disconnect and connect with my creator There are times when I can work until my eyes are strained and times when I need to rest and shut down my laptop um, and shut down that email right along with it because I don't have anything to give at the time. Um, And the most important thing about this is that I've realized that none of this would be possible without the people in my life that allow me to hold on tight when I need to and release when I need to, knowing that I'll always come back and knowing that I'm always going to be ready for the next step. And just taking care of yourself, which is the best that you can do. And so I hope I do that for them. I hope they feel that way. And I hope that this podcast is like that for you. I hope that you can hold on to it really tight when you need to, um, and that you can release it sometimes when you need to do that as well. But please come back because I love you as a listener and I'm so appreciative of you. Um, And that's really just what I wanted to share today, kind of leading into the next episode that I'm really excited about. So I have an episode. A couple of months ago called Uncomfortable Conversations with Bria, I had the time of my life doing it. It truly felt like I was interviewing multiple people at once. Um, even though I was answering the questions, I felt like you could really hear the mindset of the people that sent them in really well, which was awesome to be able to share that um, anonymously, of course, but but still really fun to, to bring them into it. And so the next thing that I want to do is it's going to be quote unquote uncomfortable conversations with Bria and I want it to focus on relationships and I want it to focus on, and that doesn't just mean, you know, relationships with, with, you know, a, a crush or a lover or whatever. Um, but, you know, a friendships to family relationships. I want it. I want to talk about the conversations that maybe you've been having with your family as what's going on in the news has been pulsating through your house. I want to talk about the conversations you're having with your roommates I want to talk about the conversations you're having with your significant others and if you're on the same page or if you're not. Um, And I want to give as much as I can to my experiences, but I also just want to put, like I said, these ideas out into the ether, think them through live with you guys. So I'm going to be posting this upcoming week on the Instagram, just kind of allowing you all to send those in. I'm going to make it anonymous unless you're you're really passionate about your name being shared or you've got a story that you want to share and, and you'd like me to kind of you know, repeat that for you. I'm so happy to do that, and that is what we have to look forward to. And I'm really excited about it. And I hope you all have wonderful weeks. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Stories Podcast. I love being back with you. I love being with you all the time, and I love taking the time to create so that I can make sure I'm giving you something worthwhile. Have an awesome week. Let me know if you need me. Let me know if you have something to say, um, and I appreciate you all so much. Bye.